Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Streets like a jungle, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. My name's Marcus Speller and Luke Ball's here. Oh, I'll swing for this. Jimmy Campbell's here. On holiday. And Pete Donaldson's here. Damon Arban's 50. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Another week, another ramble has begun, and we're together again. Luke, put your phone down. Sorry, I was just filming your intro because it's so iconic. Yeah, <laughs> it's important to get them all down. Moronic or iconic? Either. Take the, a pick. I'll do mon- a Twitter poll for the montage when you die. Yeah, yeah. We need quite. it down. We need them all down. I would be more relaxed if you said that without a weapon in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a weapon, <laughs> but it, but it, it can be used as well. Not in this mode. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We are bloody on, ladies and gentlemen. We're on for it. Um, not my words, the words of Ronald Koeman, a Dutchman. England looked more comfortable on the ball. Wow. <laughs> Tie it up now. Yep. That's it. We'll there take we go. it. <laughs> Through the looking glass. In, and with the recent uh, political business going on, let's boycott the World Cup because mm. it's not going to get any better than this. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did you see us, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> playing out from the back? <laughs> there was a lot of playing out from the back. Yeah. God, I thought Shouldn't I'd have never, been at the back. I thought I'd never live to see the day. Pete's fuming. 
former Sunderland goalkeeper with a ball at his feet. Oh, I, I, look, every time he did a cross turn <laughs> in six yard box, I was like, yes, more of this, please. <laughs> more, I can't see how this is ever going to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you, you must love it, Pete, because you know. I, I, genuinely, every time I got the ball, I was like, just wait, wait, wait. Now do something mad. I loved it. Well, the Southgate, there's been a problem with that with England for many years now of not being entertaining. Yes. And 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 that's because England can't break teams down. They're not particularly great going forward and so on. So what we're going to do is we're going to have the entertainment right at the back. <laughs> and we're going to, oh, are we going to lose it? Are we not? Oh, we just got through. But I'll tell you something, the goal all started with Pickford, didn't it? Yeah. Playing a lovely little short ball inside. <laughs> so, how do you, Marcus, particularly? How yes. do you think? Because you're, you're, I'll field this one. You're on the crest of the wave. You're on the crest of a wave at the moment. So, might as well make the most of it. You're riding um, a stride a lion. Yeah, the third um, lion. You've, he's been on the phone to Keith Allen all morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, how bad do you think Netherlands actually are? Because I don't know. If they, I don't know if I think they're that bad. I know they didn't qualify, but if you look through their team, they've got mm. players there who are in that stage of the Champions League and all the rest of it. Yeah. Kevin Strootman, um, uh, Van Dijk, yes, and they've got Van Alden. Van Alden, one of the most highly rated young defenders in Delight um, in, in the world. Mm. Uh, you know, Ryan Babel on the bench. Mm. They've, got a lot of play- they've got a lot of players. Bas, yeah. Bas Dost of Dub. Bas Dost, exactly. Yeah. Bas Dost football dude here. Um, how. <laughs> Much should we read into England's performance against this Netherlands team in the Amsterdam? Uh, uh, sorry, the Johan Cruyff arena. Yeah, well, so. you've read out their credentials. Yeah. Couldn't score against England. England made a decent side look very, very ordinary. Hmm. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, we need to read in as much as possible. To this. Get it in while we can, because we play Italy tomorrow night, yep. and it might all come crashing <laughs> may, down. Yeah, this is the best time. The, the, the pre-World Cup friendlies are the best time, if England get a, a handy win against somebody. Look, England... All joking aside, England did look quite good. England were the better side, but I think currently they are the better side, aren't you? The fact that you know we qualified and the, and the Dutch didn't didn't show you that. Um, but I, I think what was impressive to me was how they were very very focused and managed to stay on the front foot pretty much the whole game, controlled it by being on the front foot, which mm-hmm. is so positive. And that is that streets away from from what we've had from England in the last few tournaments or for the last decade, really, because as, as, as we touched on earlier, it's been boring. It never used to be boring watching England. It would be heartbreaking and it would be frustrating for lots of different reasons, but it was never boring. It's now been boring for about a decade. And uh, that's yeah. maybe more, yeah. The only thing I would take issue there with Jim, possibly, is that I don't think just because England qualified and Netherlands didn't, it means we're automatically better than them. I, th- I think, obviously, a lot of it depends on the group and the pot you're in and all the rest of it. <clears> and, and Netherlands are traditionally a team who um, you'd expect to improve should they actually make the tournament. You'd expect them to get their stuff together. We all all know the shortcomings of this Netherlands team, who are very much in transition at the moment. Um, But still, an away win against the Netherlands, whether it's in 1970 or in 2018 or whatever, it's obviously going to be a a hallmark uh, result. But I listened to the game on the radio and I watched it back later. On the radio, they were very, very surprised, um, astonished, in fact, um, with the first 11 that, Southgate pick, particularly with Carl Walker playing right centre yeah. back. But I, well, I, this is what I like about Southgate. Actually, I, I'm I've really warmed to him. I didn't, wasn't particularly cold to Southgate. Obviously, we joked at the start that you know give a man who doesn't want the job the job and see how that works out. I think Southgate is pragmatic. I think he is a realist, but I think he's got an idea. And I think that even even in the interviews when he's being asked stupid questions about the, the political climate about Russia and so on, he plays it with a very firm and straight bat. I, I like Southgate. I like the cut. Do, do you get the impression that he's also because um, what I desperately want him to be, and I, I'd like to know your guys' opinion on it because I don't know whether I just want it to be the case uh, or whether it actually is. I I get the imp- England's one of England's many problems 
uh, has been the build up to a tournament, whether it be a Euros or a World Cup, is always treated in like isolation. Yeah. And then when it goes wrong, inevitably, by our own standards, we just tear it up, start again. If 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 a, if a what tends to happen is a manager get if it's his first tournament and he bombs out, he gets given the benefit of the doubt. He gets another tournament and then he goes. Mm. And they're all treated in isolation. With Southgate, what I'm starting to see, and I hope I'm right, is that he's thinking of the bigger picture. Yeah, there's a, a sort of a plan there. Why, why why do we have to win 2018 when we can plan for 2022 or 2020 or 2024 mm. when we can just actually keep a coherent um, squad of players together where he can possibly say to someone who's young like like John Stones or or even like someone like Kieran Trippier or whoever or Lingard for example use it for experience enjoy yourself mm. go out there enjoy yourself and you know you'll be a better player for this experience out the back of this tournament whatever happens but what you're saying about that is, is what you're touching upon is England have always gone into tournaments and said right we'll focus on just this tournament and that's it this is the, you know as Padre said win lose or bust you know if he wanted to become England manager for one tournament and that's it exactly yeah. it's all about the here and now now th- th- don't get me wrong there is something to be said of you know if England did have um, a, a player who was say 33 34 and 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 he was in the squad uh, you know when Jermaine Defoe was was knocking around the team but what's the point that's not one for the future yes but you can pick a player who is for the now as well and maybe just for the now balance, there's, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that but i think i think with england they they'd always want to sort of if you like parachute a manager in and the manager would be almost playing the, the manager would be very aware of his own career you lose a few games the press are on your back and then you're bombed out, and then that's obviously very, very bad. And I think they tried something a bit different with Hodgson, and it didn't work out, obviously. With Southgate, this is a guy who's been at the under-21 level, and to be perfectly honest with you, I think if Southgate went back to the under-21s, if it didn't work out, I don't know if that would happen, but let's just say if it would, I think he'd be okay with that. Mm. I think Southgate would think, well, you know, this isn't the be-all and end-all of my career. Yeah. Um, he stepped up when he when he needed to, and I think with Southgate, that, that realistic and pragmatic, but also slightly positive approach, you know, with the way England are playing. I think Southgate is not bothered with what the media are saying. Finally, we have an England manager who looks like he isn't trying to bow to the to the, to the pressure of the media. And he's saying, no, this is what I've seen. He's worked with a lot of these players at under-21 level. He wants to stamp some sort of identity in that England side, be a little bit more positive. And as he said, that, 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 that a lot of the England players that are coming through now, they're of a different generation. That they they they're a little bit more tactically aware. They play a little with a little bit more freedom, and perhaps getting rid of that fear that in, inhibited so many England players previously. Um, and, and and he spoke of this new type of player coming through, and he's wanting to try and reward that. And 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 yes, it comes at a time, admittedly, that he doesn't have six or seven names that you have to put in in a sense he doesn't have the Lampards and, and Ferdinands and so on so he can be a little bit more mm. experimental with the likes of Walker in a back three or, or well the Walker in the back three thing just to cut in there for, for me was a case of with three months out from the World Cup I thought it was a bit like he was trying to work out a scenario so they, they've probably worked on it in training he knows Walker's abilities and his and his um his athleticism and all the rest of it and he's probably thought and understands John Stones' game you'd imagine from exa- the level. exactly so he's, he's thinking if we're playing a four-two-three-one and we're one 0 down with half hour to go, can I sacrifice a centre back for a more attacking player and move Walker into the middle mm. and not lose his athleticism, his pace on the mm-hmm. break, and all the rest of it? If I if he can do a passable job yeah. for me as a right centre back, that's a much more preferential move than having Absolutely. to take off a really attack-minded player yeah. for another attack-minded yeah. player. 
Absolutely. I mean, as well, if you're in a situation where Kieran Trippier is bombing on high up the pitch, which if England are trying to get back into the game, we're trying to sort of wrestle control of a game, might well happen. Having the pace of Walker and the experience in that in that area that he'll be covering is is priceless. Yeah, I think when... He played really well too. It, just, it, just kicking him up the arse saying, you wouldn't even be playing if it weren't for me leaving Spurs. Yeah, I tend to think <laughs> when it comes to England, if Glenn Hoddle's pleased and excited, then I'm pleased and excited. <laughs> well, well, I, 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 I always... I mean, hopefully this comes across on the show or has come across on the show over the years. The two things I want to see when I see England is I want to see them look like they know what they're supposed to be doing yeah and I want to see them move the ball quickly and that's mm. what they did well and there's a lot of players now that seem to want the ball at their feet and seem to at, want to actually have it which hasn't always been the case look at the movement of some of those England players now I get, look it was very fluid wasn't it it was yeah. much more fluid at, at points disorganised but definitely very fluid yeah definitely it's, it's just look I appreciate that we're going to talk about Germany versus Spain in a minute, all right? So we know our state, we yeah. know our position in, in, the, in the world at the moment. Um, but it was without a doubt a more positive uh, performance. And it's interesting that, uh, that Southgate, he, he wanted to play a little bit more attacking and experimental because against the Netherlands, it's a different opposition than, than when England played Germany and Brazil, which was also experimental. But I think Southgate is working out, this is how we might play against some of the bigger sides. This is how we might play against sides in which we think we can go at them. And that, to me, is encouraging. One of, my, one of, one of the things I often say on this show about England is England breeze through qualifying because they play five or six teams who will just, or four or five teams who will just defend against England and try and hit England on the break. And then England go to a tournament and, and th- they need to express themselves a bit more. They can't break a side down. They can't really defend very well. And it's kind of like, what, 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 what do you do? Mm. And so Southgate, again, knows this. He's realistic. I don't think Southgate is going, ah, I'll come in and I'll sort this out. Tell you what, what we need to do is we need to play four through three, but my way. Mm. I don't think he's doing that. I think he is saying, right, okay, what have we got? What can we do? Um, and at times damage limitation, or, or not damage limitation, but at times Just managed, managed retreat, yeah. if yeah. you like. I, I think he can be quite ambitious within that pragmatism, though, because he's yeah, looking okay, at the way yes. Spurs play and the way Man City play, and he's like, all right, we've got a chance to actually really yeah. capitalise on that. And like John Stones this week has been talking about the influence of Guardiola on the England squad, which is music to all of our ears. I'm, I'm sure we, we'd agree. Yeah, that's, is that why Jose Mourinho's now back in Scotland? Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> it. That's what... <laughs> what do you think of Jordan Henderson's performance? Interesting. I thought that, um, I mean, if you're talking about these club partnerships in, in and out of the side, I mean, him and Oxlade-Chamberlain, and that, well, it didn't surprise me that he started Oxlade-Chamberlain. Yeah, he played very well too. Yeah, very I lively. think he I has think, I think, he, I think um, Wilshire was going to be lined up for a start, wasn't he? But he had Quite possibly. But the reason I bring up Henderson is because I did a bit of research around him and his reputation and all the rest of it. Yeah. And in this season, I was really surprised to see that... Um, He's got more forward passes on average than... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I found a competition sort of metric thing uh, comparing him with Eric Dyer and Jack Wilshire. And I, I don't think you play Henderson and Dyer if you play a two in front no. of the back four. You play one or the other. And I like Wilshire because he can pick up the ball in the half turns, as I said before, but clearly he's got problems with his fitness. But I was surprised to see that on average per 90 minutes, he's, Henderson's got more total forward passes than both those players. Uh, more key passes, wins more tackles, wins more aerial duels and creates more chances, which is interesting because his reputation is as a really steady eddy, mm. keep the which ball, I unfair. recycle it. I, yeah. think, I think he's a more positive player than people give him credit for and those stats back that and, up. And anyone seeing what Wilshire did in that Iceland match sort of goes, I don't want to see that again. Yeah. <laughs> so. well, we, I, think, I don't think we want to see any of that again. <laughs> I think the Iceland, the Iceland game was a hard reset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it was. But I think so what's nice... England getting bullied. Why, why England bruise? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we bruise easily, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that uh, some of these younger players, although... 
some of them aren't that young in comparison. But somebody like Jesse Lingard, he he doesn't really give a damn, does he? No, I he, like that. The post match interview. He's got certainly. such a kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, his character. <laughs> that's, but I think England need. I think England yeah. you want someone yeah. to come in with that kind of attitude who loves just expressing themselves on the pitch. Yeah. Got yeah. his goal, and it was great that England scored. It's no surprise that he gets important goals when he, you see him interview, and the, the whole life life just washes over him. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't really engage. Doesn't really care. Yeah, yeah and that's Rose why he scores goals at Wembley because all, all he's yeah. thinking is, is if I no, can. Danny Rose is like a chippy northerner. No, <laughs> Danny Rose is really dour, right. though, isn't he? Right, yes. Pete, defend your people. People? <laughs> <laughs> oh, are they not people? Are they? Unbelievable. Jim, I think we've escaped scot-free there. Yeah. But, uh, I don't I get a start in the Scots. <laughs> um, I think with, with someone like Lingard, all he's thinking is, oh, if I can score, I can do that little celebration that I want to do. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. his only concern. A celebration. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I've, I've, I've noticed something, actually, which has been bugging me for a while. It's about Harry Maguire. Um, he's he he uh, runs he well. in a he did play well. He, I think he's a very good player, but he he runs in a particular way, and it's been reminding me of someone for a while. And I can't, I couldn't think of who it was, but it, it struck me over the weekend that it's that guy who fell down that escalator in an England kit. In that, <laughs> in that recent oh yeah, hit. I remember that. That was one of the greatest videos I've ever seen. I was watching that match, and I was like, going, I don't watch as much Harry Maguire as I should, but I was like. He, he just looks like a big Lampard for me. Like he, his his physicality and his and his and his face no, as well. He's just mean. like big Lampard. I probably should have better things to say and more intelligent, erudite things to say about the England team. But no, I'm like, got a big Lampard. I yeah, hate you, that footy. You need one. Peter, big Lampard. He's got lovely thighs. Yeah. Strong thighs. Right. Okay. Maguire. Okay. Oh yeah. They all have these days, don't mate. They? They, all the footballers so, so, I've got the hammers I, I think so, with Lingard you, you would have him as an impact sub would you well I don't know I, I, he's, I think he's pushing for a start I think he? he's pushing for a start I think, I think that's a good thing I think Lingard will definitely go I think he should go mm. uh, and I think England I think you know the back three is going to happen and I think I think with Carl Walker in the back three as well, I don't think I'm not sure Carl Walker would play in a back three if it was against a Brazil or a Germany, but against a lesser opposition, uh, I, th- I think I think he might well do because uh, he can step forward into a little bit of midfield space like mm. we see the fullback sometimes do with Guardiola's uh, teams, and it adds a little bit more because to, to, to have just three men. So say if England are playing Panama, for example, or Tunisia, I don't really know how those sides um, set up particularly. But if they've got one up front and England are playing a back three against a side that you really need to be on the front foot, I can understand people thinking, well, is that a, a tiny bit negative? If, if, if Walker's in there, he can actually push up a little bit more as well without disrupting yeah. that back line too much. But also he can get back because of his athleticism and pace. You know, and make the use of what you have. Yeah. Don't try and shoehorn the players into a preconceived position or preconceived formation that you've used throughout your 15 or 20 year managerial yeah, career yeah, I understand yeah. that but but Southgate sees what he's got and he said well how can we just tweak that there and a little bit there and so on do you think um, Eric Dyer will be looked at as an option I think for, Dyer for will... a similar reason but in the in the other sense in that he, he can drop back into yeah well Dyer he likes even Dyer. more we've got some flexible we've got, <laughs> we've got some flexible players yeah at that in that position they're all flexible these oh, days oh yeah that's true <laughs> I, I didn't see that Carl Walker thing coming I was just trying to no. make sense of why he might have done it that's all yeah, I, well, he did explain that. And, and we still got Kane to come back in. And we, and still we, and got Kane. You'd, you'd expect Dali Ali to start the game uh, yeah. the first World and, Cup. And if we need him, we can still call on Wayne Rooney. Exactly. Quite. You know? <laughs> what do we do? Raheem Sterling as a, as a sort of a forward in that 3 5 2. We thought that he might be given that sort of slight free role. Uh, or, or well, you'd expect, you'd expect possibly for him to play just behind Kane, wouldn't you? Yeah. When they play the first World Cup uh-huh. game, I'm thinking of. So. I mean, it was a slightly different role he was asked to perform against Netherlands. Indeed, but this was yeah. this. The reason this is encouraging as well is because it was a bit of a, um, a bit of a sort of surprising team selection. I mean, three or four of those players you wouldn't necessarily 
expect to start. So there's improvement to come. I quite like Oxley chamberlain in that midfield. The way he's been playing for Liverpool, again, on the front foot, uses his pace. Mm. Uh, can get forward as well. I, yeah, mm. I think it'd be interesting. Positive. But very positive. And, and the goalkeeping situation, perhaps we'll just finish on that, as we spoke about that before. Pickford did himself the world yeah. of good. And Southgate talked about the distribution, but did you see Jack Butland, who probably will start against Italy? Butland went, well, I mean, my distribution's all right as well. You know, I mean, he obviously plays <laughs> in a team where he what? can do that a bit more. Who's, who's been having a go at my distribution? Imagine <laughs> <laughs> that in the post match. Um, what did you think about John Pickford's distribution? Has someone been talking about my distribution? <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Who was it? He said that Pickford plays in a team where maybe he's afforded to to, to, to play a bit like that. And I thought, I'm DHL, brother. <laughs> I'll distribute you in a minute. <laughs> I thought he's playing under Big Sam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there we are. So it will be interesting uh, to see. And also, again, just to finish on the goalkeeper chat, uh, it does look like Joe Hart will be in there um, from according to sort of rumours and reports. Again, as a little bit of insurance and so on. But there's a number three, Jim, before you before you wipe out or, or dismiss everything we've just spoken about that England team. I didn't say anything. I just made a face. Yes, exactly. Not an audio feature. Jim would prefer to have Carlos Tevez in there as a third. <laughs> and that is saying something. Indeed, indeed. So there we are. Good stuff uh, from England. Not. Uh, an encouraging uh, day's work for, for Alex McLeish, of course, against uh, Costa Rica. They lost 1-0. Big X, first match uh, in charge uh, since returning Echoes to... of World Cup 90, Marcus. <laughs> Big yeah. echoes. Uh, first match in charge since returning to the Scottish national team. He's not much ruined by Marco Urenia. Uh, Big, ec- Big echo. Big echo. <laughs> Jim just did that, didn't he? Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Jim. I was no, fucking... Right. Do you know what I was doing? I just assumed it was an echo. I was trying to. I was trying to remember how old Scott McTominay is. Right. That's why I wasn't listening. Sorry, Jim. I Scotland's apologize. brave Scott McTominay. Exactly. Yeah. He's come on time, isn't he? Twenty-one. I think, I think so. Yeah. He's twenty-one. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, McLeish himself wants the younger players coming through to play with a bit more swagger, without inhibitions as well. And McTominay, you would imagine, would be a big part of that. And uh, it's it's difficult, as McLeish said to, to Scotland supporters, there may be a wee bit of pain before they can go forward. Before, I think they're fairly used to a wee bit <laughs> yeah. of pain by now, aren't um, they? McTominay, just this is just. A sort of um, a plea to Scott if he's listening mm-hmm. um, you've, you've had a little taste yep. it's only a friendly <laughs> you can still change your mind yeah. you saw what the three lines did <laughs> you know that Mourinho was there yeah he went to watch him yeah. who was why he, he, he sat next to, to? Who was he? I don't know. Who was he sat next to? He's got his... Craigie he, Brune. Oh, yeah, oh yes. 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 Quite... He's got uh, his, um, apparently Mourinho uh, got his eye on uh, Brian Oviedo is that right? <laughs> to, re- to replace Luke Shaw. Is that right? right. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Brian, Brian Ruiz as well in, in, played in the game. Yeah, you would think, wouldn't you? <laughs> Scott McTominay going back to Manchester United. Lingard will be giving it the big one and so on and so forth. He, he could change his mind, although Jose ah. Marina, who seems to pick the Scotland national team now, uh, probably won't uh, won't do that. Um, it, it, Craig, Why is this happening? Well, well Craig Brown uh, has, has a theory about this. And if yeah. it's Craig Brown's theory, then I, I would replace the word theory with fact. Um, he said it's not the first time they've Whoa, met. whoa, whoa. What's that? You do it in the, the voice, voice or don't do it at yeah, all yeah, hang yeah. on <laughs> that's on. in your contract Craig, <laughs> I have a contract yeah uh, Craig Brown um, mentioned the fact that uh, it wasn't the first time that he and Jose Mourinho have met he you said, slipped into a court there he said well I had to, had to set up the quote um, he said when he started at Chelsea I was at Dalby and I met him at a reserve game in the hamburger queue <laughs> <laughs> one hamburger please did he say anything else I've no doubt they talked the night away. Yeah, um, but yeah, Brown believes that Mourinho loves Scotland, which is why he reckons that Jose persuaded McTominay to play for them. Peppered England to get into a player like McTominay is just like beating them in a game. Yeah. You don't get three yeah. points for that. Craig. No. <laughs> <laughs> you may prove a point, but you don't get any points on the board. Costa Costa Rica um, 
uh, you know, as per Jim Campbell's metric, they qualify for the World Cups. They're better than Scotland. Well, they proved it again. And they beat him again, yeah. They're in a group with Brazil, Switzerland and Serbia. Hmm. Tough. Mm. Is there? A, would there be a clear front runner for that group? Yeah, I think uh, probably. I. Yes, <laughs> I would say yes. An early prediction from Luke Moore there. Yeah. Mm. But Costa Rica. I mean, Mexico. I mean, you would say are the best team in that Central America qualifying group. But Costa Rica. I mean, was standout second best team in that. And of course, well, you, the, the, the previous World Cup. You know, yeah. that's yeah. the thing with a tournament like that. Uh, it gives great ex- experience to, to certain players, but also. It gives it gives a, a wonderful example to players coming through. Suddenly, you think, "Oh, hang on a minute! I'm playing for the, the you know, Costa Rica. We got to a World Cup quarter final, was it? Yeah, uh, we, we've done. Oh, hang on, and this and is it a, builds, this, you know. This is also a team who beat the United States four 0 in qualifying. Yeah. Mm. I know the United States were in a bit of a sorry state. It's still, um, still a, it's still a good the, victory. The sorry states of America, <laughs> um, but yeah, four 0 I mean, it's a, it's a good win against mm. a team who. We've seen we've seen United, the United States have a, a at least an impact in World Cups in recent memory. It's I mean, a record to England. To yeah, yeah. So so that that speaks for itself. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, th- I think it's going to be. I think there's, it's interesting. There's something because of the because of the World Cup ninety history with Scotland and Costa Rica. It would be particularly galling, no matter how good Costa Rica are or aren't, for Scottish fans to go and watch their team at home to Costa Rica and get beat one 0 <laughs> It's just quite a depressing result, especially when McLeish was back. In yeah, town, you know, yeah. when the parade okay. is pissed off. Well, I know for a baby. fact, big Walter. To wanted it, but he the SFA did, yeah. mucked around, didn't give them the, didn't give really? the contract. So yeah. they, they stuck with uh, with Big Echo. Well, it will be it will be interesting because McLeese, as, as we said, there is trying to bring a few youngsters through. But Scotland were close to getting to the playoffs last time round, and you think that maybe um, Strachan was was getting onto something. And then McLeish comes in and he wants to try and have a little shuffle of the pack and yeah. so on. And I understand when he says there's going to be a wee bit of pain because he needs to figure out what's going on. I did enjoy Irving Welsh character Ollie McBurney um, playing with his yeah. socks. Socks rolled down. Yeah, oh, yeah. I do like that. I like that. Scotland, I mean, they weren't. They, I think they only came third in the group on goal difference, didn't they? Yeah, so, they were close to a playoff. So there's a bit. There's a. Um, there's a building block there for them in terms of the pots for the next draw and all that sort of stuff. And I, I don't think McLeish is a very ex- inspiring appointment, though. And actually, it taps into what you were saying in reference to England earlier. It's just more of the same. For but, but when you're talking about, say, like Costa Rica, we say you know you get to a quarter final of the World Cup, which which was a, a stunning achievement, you know, mm. and they were only just beaten. Was it by the Dutch on penalties? Mm. Um, and uh, and Costa Rica, <clears throat> excuse me, a team with not a great World Cup pedigree, but you know that is a World Cup which you can hang your hat on for a, for a good few years and use that as as, uh, as positivity and use that as encouragement to get some some players to to play with play with pride and play with a bit of passion for the shirt and all that kind of stuff. With Scotland, it's been so long now since they qualified for a major tournament that it's there's just a, a, a heavy feeling. Well, uh, and there's absolutely no reason why but if they qualified. Scotland, yeah, but Scotland, could, Scotland could replicate what Costa Rica have done. There's no reason. If you look at the squad that Costa Rica have, you've got about five or six of them playing Costa Rica. A load of them play in MLS. You've got a few dotted around you playing Europe, but not really a huge amount. I mean, Caelan Nevas is the standout of course. player there. Scotland, there's no reason. Scotland have a decent amount of players playing in good leagues. Yeah, mm. and, and if, if Scotland could qualify for a World Cup, the lift that would give everybody. And, that, and it's that kind of uh, belief. You know, when you, when you go away from home to a slightly tricky opposition, you don't go, oh, I hope we nook a point. You get a bit of confidence and, and so on that, that that can give. But it was nice to see Tom Kearney get a start. Yes. I will say that. in good form. Right then, we are going to go uh, abroad. Oh, after this. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. If I had 99 more England caps, I'd have had 100. Before we do that, we're going to have some correspondence with Pete Don. We are going to have some correspondence with Pete Don. Just writing down the uh, advert break time, and I'll be with you now. Hello there. <laughs> Pete Donald's there in Correspondence Corner. Uh, hello to uh, Nelson. Nelson got in touch. After hearing your chat about the Panama grandma, I wondered what other grandmas have influenced sport. Look no further <laughs> than this year's 2018 NCAA men's basketball tournament. Uh, Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt is the 98-year-old team chaplain uh, for the Lo- Loyola Chicago Ramblers, Ooh. who rose to fame for uh, one of her pre-game um, speeches. She's attended every game of the tournament. She travels with the team. Following each game, the players hug her. Uh, social media loves her. She was mentioned in a tweet by uh, Barack Obama, and she now gives her own post-game interviews. Beyond wow. being a sweet story, this is the first time that uh, Loyola reached the final four 1985. I'm not really sure what that means, but either way, uh, come on, come on, you yeah. Spurs. Don't bother reading it before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was a P, there was a there was a PS about uh, that he didn't like our intro music. I'm not going to mention. So there we go. Well, you have mentioned. <coughs> oh well, you know. Uh, Scott Collin. Hello, Scott Collin. Hi. Just heard uh, Thursday's show about England's goalkeeping situation. Southgate was Middlesbrough manager back in the day. We are aware of that. <laughs> Aussie legend Mark Schwarzer. Schwarzer was uh, in the final year of, con- of his contract. He wanted two years and didn't get it. He went on to win the league with. Chelsea and Leicester. Uh, Borough had two backup keepers at the time to replace Big Mark. Ross Turnbull, lately of, uh, of uh, Chelsea and Rotherham. And Brad Jones, lately of Liverpool. Both had flaws and both weren't that good. After Schwarzer left, Southgate said, paraphrased, well, I've got two good keepers. I'm going to rotate them. Uh, they both had flaws. They weren't, weren't very good and uh, he was sacked. So right. point being, expect the unexpected. Whenever Southgate has multiple goalkeepers to choose from, uh, it's it's not never it's that a disaster. Great. Oh, oh no! Well, I remember when Southgate got from Hartlepool. I remember when Southgate got. I remember when he got sacked from Middlesbrough, and I, I think some of the Middlesbrough fans weren't that best pleased with him. But I think they were doing okay in the league. Mm. He took he them to twelfth in the Premier League, and also one thing that does go under the radar and should be mentioned in the context of England having a glorious summer is Southgate once missed a penalty for England. No, <laughs> is that Middlesbrough <laughs> under Gareth Southgate beat Man City eight one. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. and who's who's which other former well which former England manager's career was killed off at Man City thanks to that Stuart Pearce, <laughs> Svenigans. There we go. There we are Svenigans. Uh, if you want to get just the show, as always, it's show at the It is 
Indeed. Indeed. Now then, back to content corner. Ooh. Actually, uh, did Southgate get Middlesbrough relegated? Oh, he might have done. Yeah, might have. I might. We're a bit hazy on that. <laughs> yeah. We are a bit hazy on that. Um, but he was a good player. Um, an entertaining draw between uh, between Germany and Spain, those two heavyweights. Both sides still unbeaten since Euro 2016. That's amazing. Yeah, I watched the highlights for this game, um, and the extended highlights of this game, after I watched England, and I was excited by England. <laughs> I didn't do that. And then I wasn't. I thought to myself, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give myself an evening to enjoy this. That game, if, if, if anyone here is listening, didn't watch anything of the Germany 1, Spain 1 game, do yourself a favour... Find 20 minutes spare. Watch the highest that game. It is absolutely relentless. The, the Big qu- boys. The quality on show was like, you know, you're in year seven and, you, <laughs> and you're watching year 11s play. Mm-hmm. The, the, the amount of chances that both teams end to end were able to create, particularly in the first half hour. Yeah. It was football on another planet. And on Wednesday on the continent, I'm going to ask Andy and James, how many leagues above England are these two teams? Because... Mm. They look to me like absolutely fantastic. I don't know if you agree. The first goal was superb. Yeah, the Spanish one. It was. It was a classic. What we come to expect from Spain now. A little slip through and a beautiful finish. But it was also even more than than superb, purely because the 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 defensive players who were being carved open are all really good players. Imagine. I would like to see the accumulated um, silverware between those two squads. Extraordinary. Oh yeah, It'd be huge. Because, uh, because because Germany played a centre back pairing of Hummels and Boateng. Yeah, oh, yeah. And were still able to, and, and Spain were able to carve open that goal, making them look absolutely ordinary. Also, there was a point where Mesut Özil um, just tricked his way past past the player like he wasn't there, and and that man was Andres Iniesta. Yeah. <laughs> but Germany won one game away from equaling their record of twenty three matches unbeaten, uh, and Spain haven't lost in seventeen. But you, you're right, Luke. I mean, when we talk about England, just to have a quick recap there we are talking about it in the context of England mm. you know so so uh, we can get a little bit excited and encouraged from what we saw yeah. but of course when you when when you when you put that up against the likes of Germany and Spain you know but that's a foolish thing to do because England are not as we, good as we, them we've looked better when we played better teams than the Dutch let's make that very clear the Dutch didn't get, put any sort of um, yeah. pace together but it, they, they, were weren't, they weren't relentless. They were pretty dreadful. They, they were terrible so they... on the night, but I was just trying to get an idea of how good they are generally because they're mm. definitely in transition. But what needs to happen is you need to think of England a bit like a um, a good championship team in the FA Cup, for example. Yeah. If you get to the quarterfinal and you draw a Spain or a Germany, to be brutally honest, we need to be very, very good and they need to have like an off day. Of course. Yeah. And we need to have yeah. a bit of luck. But, but only a fool would think otherwise. And, and that's well, why... Well, there are quite a lot of fools in England. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know there are. But, uh, but, but that's why when Southgate, we played Germany and Brazil, he set up a much more defensive 3-5-2 and contained them. And yes, it's only a friendly. Uh, so you would imagine it would be a different story. Against Germany, they always want to beat England. They, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a friendly with Germany. Not as much as we want to beat them. That's what I'm no, saying. But what I'm saying, Germany will treat... That, that's what I mean. If, if you draw Germany or Spain in the quarterfinal of a World Cup... Mm. You gave me that option now for the summer. I would take Germany every day of the week because Germany are much more likely to be drawn into like a sort of emotionally led approach to it. Yeah, quite possibly. because of their history of England. Spain won't do that. No, mm. and, and but, they will but, beat us heavily. But, but it goes back to what I've said about Southgate: is he knows this. He's not going to say, right, we're going to go and match them and toe for toe and all that kind of stuff because that's stupid. And uh, so England are not as good as, as these sides. Um, but going back to, to Germany versus Spain, I mean, Thomas Muller scored a great goal. I think it's 38th international goal. Absolute beauty. Yeah, a 25 yard against David De Gea, who made a great save against Julian Draxler as well. He did. The well, amount of saves on display. De Gea was moaning about the, the new ball, and a few goalkeepers have done this, and the new Adidas ball that we used at the World Cup. Part of the furniture now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, every goalkeeper moans about the World Cup. I remember in 98, keepers were moaning about what it. What was the name of the ball in 98? 
2010 was the Jabalani, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think that was apart from that and the Adidas Tango. I don't. I I'm sure remember. they've all got like marketing. They do, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. Brazuka was the last one. It was Brazuka was the one. Yeah, amazing. Um, Sergio Ramos earned his 150th cap for Spain. He's only 31. How many cards? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 149. 149. Yeah, yeah. Has he been sent off for Spain? Not sure. Oh, he Surely. must have done. He's Surely. 17 caps behind Spain record, Spain's record holder, Ica Casillas. That's an incredible... 150 caps is, is, an, is an amazing achievement at all. But he's still 31. You just <laughs> imagine, as the type of player he is, another two or three years, you yeah. suspect. Yeah. At least. For an outfield player, it's a remarkable record. Absolutely superb, yeah. Um, but you're right, Luke. I think that it is quite sobering in one sense, but it depends how you, you treat England. If you look at them in context, then you can just sit well, back and enjoy Spain and Germany. <laughs> we all know Germany and Spain are good, t- are, are good teams, but just the way they both played in that game, it was it was amazing to watch, mm-hmm. and, it, and it wasn't even because I'd watched England before that because England weren't bad. Well, you, you hope you see uh, the two two countries like that face off at the World Cup against each other because it doesn't always work out like that. Well, sometimes I, I, with a draw, you get sort of lesser opposition against. If that one all was in the, in a, a second round game in the World Cup or something, yeah. we'd be talking about a classic. We'd be oh, sat yeah. here talking about a classic. It was so fiercely contested. Mm. What I love about those sort of games where the teams are of that of that quality is that as well as being you know an in, in, intensely demanding physical battle, because the amount of skill those players have and the vision of those players it's like it's like a mental battle as well you mm. can really see how hard they're thinking as well mm. as working oh yeah and that's often where the, the real fatigue comes in of course mm. uh, Portugal and uh, Egypt uh, played of course the, the two big names both scored Ronaldo is never one to be outshone no. is he <laughs> oh and wasn't that so clear he was as tricksy as I have ever seen him yeah. like clearly like <laughs> staring daggers at Mo Salah the whole game like, oh, you want to see who's bossed yeah I think <laughs> I think he uses that to fuel himself and I, yeah. I, I think one of the things I most enjoyed of course Portugal won 2-1 uh-huh. Ronaldo scored two goals in injury time. That's right. The thing I like most about it, I know what you're going to say. It's a friendly mm-hmm. and picked up the ball. He scored his first goal. No celebration. Grab the ball. Go yeah. again. Yeah, absolutely. Go needs again. to be the big man. Yeah. Also, there was a pass back and a free kick in the area. That's what I mean. There oh, yeah. needs to be some sort of klaxon for that. But what I loved That's about, a good thing. Yeah. But what I loved about that, Luke, is is when he equalised, he was only just there for level with Mo Salah. Yeah, but I, 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 and he thought, right, right, there's one more goal in this. I find it interesting. That's your guys' interpretation. My interpretation of it is just that he. He's so desperate to win everything all the time for himself. That he doesn't even. But so what? No, I know, but I, he doesn't I, even think about it. Does I he? know, but but we're all we're agreeing essentially. We're just addressing it out slightly differently. Um, kickoff apparently was delayed as Salah and uh, Ronaldo posed on the touchline for just one more photograph with a crowd. Like Ronaldo having a headlock. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely superb. But th- th- there's now only two men that have scored more international goals than Cristiano Ronaldo: French Pushkas and Iran's Ali Dai. Ronaldo has 81 goals, Pushkas 84, and Dai 109. So obviously a little bit off uh, Dai, but uh, but three off uh, Ferenc Pushkas. It's uh, just phenomenal. He scored 22 goals this calendar year, all of them from uh, inside the box, which shows you the, 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 the differing styles, of course, from his play. Yeah, we, we, but, we, but he's 81 goals. This phenomenal. is a guy who didn't start off as a striker. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal achievement. And, we, and we'll probably cover him on, on the concert on Wednesday because we spent the first half of the season talking about how the goals seem to have dried up for him at Real Madrid, but mm. now he's turned it around to such an extent. He's turned the taps on. He's got like 22 and 11 or something like that. It's, it's, it's yeah. phenomenal. Um if uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Egypt at the World Cup, mainly because of Mo Salah, I'm sure yeah. we, we were all there. But if Egypt win a match at the finals, and it's their first World Cup tournament, of course, since 1990, will we see um, Ahmed uh, El Mohamedi celebrating his own like that time when Hull were promoted? And, and, and Remember, in, Luke, you were a big fan of that. Oh, I thought it was absolutely outrageous. <laughs> but, but the reason that comes back to mind is because, obviously, uh, he's in the squad, and he's, he's actually he's got a huge amount of caps for, for, for Egypt. Mm. But his, uh, in my mind... Yep. Uh, 
feel free to look it up and, and come back to us. In my mind, his dance in front of the camera <laughs> was exactly the same as Alan Pardew's in the FA Cup final. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was different. It was different. Pardew's, the arms were close to the body. Right. Very close, like uh, elbows touching the, the yeah. ribcage. What and, was and Al Mohammed? Al Mohammed's arms were out and fingers were, were pointing. Right, okay. <laughs> I think that off the top of my head. Pete, you're the official dance correspondent. What do you think? Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's my Stone Roses dance. Yeah. I've got my Strokes dance. Two different things, massively. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, yeah. did you wear them both out of the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> One probably At segues into the other, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was at the wedding and uh, there was a Scottish man in a kilt. And you know, you have those um, kind of booths where you get your picture taken with stupid yep. hats on and stuff. He insisted on going in and making the photographer take four pictures of him just eating chips. <laughs> so that was quite nice. <laughs> well, you danced at the And then wedding. that got stuck in the book. To give to the happy couple, <laughs> a Scottish man in a kilt eating chips by himself. I want to know if you were dancing at the wedding because if you because you're officially an uncle now and you're in your mid to late thirties, yes, so you would be tie a around the head. You'd be a creepy uncle now. Yeah. I wasn't. Why would I be creepy now? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim, will you be supporting Mohammed El Nene at the World Cup? I'll be supporting Mo Salah actually. Okay, right. Just to, All uh, the Mohammeds. Just to see how that pushes um, how that pushes him on. There we are. <laughs> All right. Um, Hector Cooper in charge of Egypt, of course. The man who took uh, Valencia to two Champions League finals. Mm. Remember that? Um, he stuck his neck out and said, I think that without a doubt, Mo Salah is one of the best players for Egypt. <laughs> I think we can all big, agree on that. Big talk. He knows his squad. There's a man who knows his squad. I told you, I, I heard that Ahmed Hagazi was absolutely fuming with that quote. <laughs> <laughs> I said one of. Yeah. I said one of. Um, <laughs> he did say that the team need to give Salah a, a platform uh, and and backing to what he's doing if they uh, you know able to do something good in Russia they're in a group of course with Russia Saudi Arabia and Uruguay but it is intriguing because uh, the, the 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 comments about what, the, the comments Cooper made about that if the team can almost give them a platform mm. uh, to, 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 bid, to big Mo up front then they, they could do something and they, they play to his strengths I think they like to play the ball on the deck Egypt they're quite technically gifted players and it's an absolute mystery how they've not qualified for a World Cup mm. since 1990 having been so successful in the, the Africa Cup of Nations but players often um, from that part of the world in North Africa they like the technical side of the game um, it's, it's almost it's like Spanishy, uh, really, you know, obviously not quite as good as, as, as those players. But it will be interesting to see, you know, again, you, a top player like that and, uh, and a few other experienced uh, wily foxes in there as well. Could be all right. Could be decent. Well, I mean, you'd, you'd back them to get out of that group, right? You think you, them and Uruguay would go through? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you'd be worried if you were Russian, wouldn't you, looking at that side? Well, Egypt play Uruguay first. That's the problem. England have benefited massively from not playing Belgium first. Mm. Egypt's... Um, you would argue Egypt's two toughest games come first. They play Uruguay, then they play Russia, who, of course, you know, not a great side, but they are the hosts. Yeah, so it's a yeah. tough old start for them. They, they will be. Um, They'd love to play it. Saudi Arabia first, wouldn't they? Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, yeah well, of the, course, the match between uh, Wales and Uruguay, Uruguay finished uh, Uruguay uh, winning one nil. So oh. Cavani with the goal. Cheers for the update, Pete. No silverware for Bale and yeah. the boys. Bale yeah. said that, that silverware for country would have probably meant more than club. And I thought yeah. to myself, yes, it, traditionally, <laughs> if you're going to win the World Cup. I trade all, China I trade, Cup. I trade both of these China. Champions League winners for a China Cup, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I admire that passion. It's the kind of passion we didn't see Ryan Giggs uh, for the Welsh side. <laughs> when he was a player, of course, one could argue. Um, Russia uh, themselves were, were in a match against Brazil. An easy win for Brazil. Now, Tite was looking to work on Brazil's attack 
uh, in that game, and uh, it's fair to say that it's working. Um, they'll no doubt come <laughs> against teams who are going to defend against them. Like I mean, England. do they have to work on anything? <laughs> in my mind, they don't work on anything. Can you imagine if you're a Brazilian footballer and the, and the, and the manager comes in and goes, I think we're going to work on the attack today. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> what were we doing all of the other days? <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, we've just been shooting adverts. <laughs> we've just been dancing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tito was, was, I think he's had one or two little pieces of criticism back in his home nation for, for picking a very um, European squad or, or a team that is, is, is currently playing in and Europe. wearing his daughter's clothes. Maybe. That's something I've not heard of. I can't confirm or deny. That was Dunga, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, yeah, but the way you framed that is like he's, <laughs> he's dressing up in her actual clothes. Where his, do- where his daughter is a, is a fashion designer. Right, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. wearing like a schoolgirl's uniform. I'd like love a, to see, I'd love like to see you defend Japanese that in a, dad. In a, in a libel hearing. Yeah. Well, they're technically her clothes. Yeah. yeah. Pete Donaldson, you stand accused of being a creepy uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Good news is um, Brazil didn't need to start uh, Roberto Firmino, um, Edison. Neymar, need, Neymar, didn't yeah. too late, didn't need to. I know, yeah. it's it's frightening. Fernandinho didn't get didn't get any minutes. No, <laughs> yeah. there's only there's only one player in the in the whole of the Brazil, that Brazil squad who isn't or has never played in Europe, which is the centre back Rodrigo Sal or Cal. Um, which, which uh, you know, as I say, there's had a dounce of criticism back uh, in Brazil. Um, and, and back in Brazil, let's just mention a little bit of club football, if we may. I've got to shoehorn this somewhere, ladies and gentlemen, um, because Santos, they're, uh, they're, I think they've got a bit of financial woes and, and whatnot. A great club like Santos, you don't want to see them uh, struggling there. LA's club, of course. Yeah. Uh, Neymar as well. Mm. Neymar as well. Um, but the Santos president, uh, uh, Jose Carlos Perez, was talking about the need to cut back on staff. And he said, Santos can no longer be a teat. <laughs> a teat with 420 sucklings sucking out its milk. There's not enough milk, people. This is an excellent analogy. <laughs> Where's Hang the on. Point? He what? said that. He I thought said it was that. you said no, that. No, that was the This is an point. excellent analogy. <laughs> milk. What's the 420 bit? I, well, I think that there's that many staff having a yeah. little suckle away. There's not enough milk to go around there. All oh, right. Santos is not a teat. No. If we've learned nothing not more. Platypuses, they don't have nipples. They just excrete. They sweat milk. Oh. They sweat milk? They sweat milk. Where's that come from? <laughs> a little factoid for you. To be fair, it does seem relevant. Yeah. I know it's, it seems... I think Santos be, is not a platypus. I think there might be a handful of amphibians out there who might breathe through their skin as well. Whoa. Yeah. Just a handful. Yeah, just a handful. Just a handful. Sure a couple need. of them are in that England squad. <laughs> Tick that box. Next. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Right, we're going to talk about Mad Dog Martin Allen after this. It was like the part in the Red Sea. People just went, whoop. Do not forget, the preview show sponsored by Bet365 is out on Thursday. Our best better didn't get it right. Correct. Between uh, Argentina and Italy. Barry Lloyd missed the mark. And I'll oh. say what I've always said. Sod off. Um, with the exception of the great Barry Davis, oh. can you trust a man called Barry? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> evidently no, based on this. No. I mean, you're Barry us, Gibb, no. You're letting us down, listeners. Yeah. Barry Manilow. You're no. a barren runt. Not trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Famous Barrys? Barry uh, Venison. Barry Venison, there we go. There was a pulp song about Barry. Oh, it was on their second last album, but I can't remember what it was called. And I wouldn't I wouldn't like to bracket it up. Was the, it called Common Barry's? <laughs> people living in the town of Barry, Barry in Wales, yeah. which must be a mixed bag. Gareth you Barry, you could rely on him. Yes, very reliable. There you go. <laughs> Gareth the Barry. The Thames Barrier. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise known as the Thames Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth Barry is probably the most trustworthy example of a Barry. Yeah. If you know any different, show at thefootballroundable.com with evidence as to why someone you know called Barry <laughs> is trustworthy. In lieu of that, for Thursday, we are going to need a new better in the uh, in the hot seat. 
You're running out of time now. Mm. We're getting through the entire season without anyone getting one of those elusive hat tricks and an order of the Ramble Empire <laughs> to go up on the wall in the studio. Yeah. The walls are bare. <laughs> It's down to you. Show at thefootballramble.com if you want to be one of our best bettors uh, with Bet365. I'll pick another one on Thursday. Absolutely. Let's have a little bit of club football to League 2 because they did play. They did play over the weekend. Sorry, League 1. How's that not in there? Pompey on TV, 1-3-0. Not on the running order. Disgrace. (laughs) You got it in, didn't you? Disgrace. Yeah. Nice. There were some incidents in that game. Fantastic, wasn't it? Go on then. Here's your chance. Just very, very quickly, for those who didn't see it... uh, (laughs) Which will probably be about 25% of us. I was was doing a a TV show. I was doing a radio show show that was like music but also as the goals went in I was like very little football I talk on a Saturday a <laughs> League 2 match at Notts County and then bloody Portsmouth Ugh. bloody Portsmouth <laughs> bloody Portsmouth <laughs> <laughs> you got music and chat everybody loves that <laughs> god then what happened well Portsmouth were 1-0 up and Oxford were awarded a penalty mm. pivotal moment and uh, the guy st- cut a long story short it probably was a penalty to be fair the guy stepped up took the penalty hit the inside of the post and it, it came out it went flying didn't yeah, it yeah it came out Nathan Thompson Portsmouth third player ran up to the guy taking the penalty, goaded him right in his face to the point where the Oxford United player got so annoyed he slapped him. Nathan Thompson hit the deck so the guys at the penalty got sent off. <laughs> <laughs> and then we won 3-0. Yay! Easy. Up yours, Oxford. Pickman <laughs> another one. Yeah. Oh, Pickman dear. got two, actually. Yeah. He was my tip to be top scorer no, in the division this no year. No new manager bounced for Oxford. No. <laughs> Certainly not. Carl Robinson went home empty-handed. Yeah, poor old Carl. Um, now, we spoke about Mad Dog Martin Allen last week. Allen's Barnet, that's his team, not his haircut, a bottom <laughs> of the league, seven points from safety with seven games left. Uh-oh. Mad Dog, he tried a different approach ahead of the Luton Town game on the weekend. He got John Motson to speak to the players pre-match. He said, Motty is a mate of mine. All right, Martin. Very, yeah. very alliterative. Yeah. He, <laughs> he always comes into the club. He made them all smile, made them all laugh. When you're in the situation, you've got to make them relax. They need love, not a slap. What L- is he doing back there? Luton won 2 0. To be fair, Luton are top of the league. Yeah. They still won, though. Yeah. Um, what is Martin Allen doing back there when, in his, <laughs> this is his fifth, I've met, have I told you I met Yeah, Martin. you mentioned it last He's week. He's the most intense one I've ever met. The fourth spell he had, he saved them for relegation. Hmm. Then they started the next season pretty well. And then he asked to leave to go to Eastleigh, who aren't even the professional team. Mm. Right? And they said, yes, okay, you can go to Eastleigh, which <laughs> is one of, the most, one of the most bizarre moves in, <laughs> in, in, in the Football League at the time. Now he's back at Eastleigh again, mm. at Barnet again for a fifth time. Did you not know, hear yeah, John Motson's a mate of his? Yes, fine, yeah. good. I also so love that his two methods are love or slap. <laughs> <laughs> He just, he just <laughs> spins a, a, a wheel and it's either love slap. or slap. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Sometimes he combines them both. No. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. I think it's time to go to go in for gold. A kiss and a slap on the bum. Where's me thing? Come on. Lord. Yeah. Pete, it's before back. we get into it, update. What? Jim Campbell's on a fifth. Jim Campbell's on five in a row. He's on a glut. He's halfway. It'd be halfway to doing a Rangers ten in a row. <laughs> <laughs> it was nine in a row. Celtic are on for ten in a row. Right. How many have they done? Both have got Celtic and Rangers. Both have got nine in a row. How many have Celtic on this run done? Oh, is it six? Okay. They're six or seven on their way. They are very much. Well, on Big their Brendan said that's his stated aim, isn't it? Mm. Is that right? Yeah. So <laughs> Arsenal come a knocking, Jim. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, it's going to be soft when that happens. Yeah. Um, hands off, Rafa. Uh, John Cray. <laughs> Hello, John Cray. Uh, thank you to all the people who got involved actually sending me going for gold. There was a glut, going for a gold glut was of clues this week. Um, basically, I've got a load of clues pertaining to a secret footballer. Somebody complained that I didn't explain it properly. All right. Secret footballer, you guys have to guess what it is. Have you heard JJ's jigsaw on Five Live? <laughs> yeah. it's, like that. It's, it's basically that. Um, first clue from John Cray. 
I was born on the 12th of April, 1973. Stop. David Batty. No. Stop. Ruth Hullett. No. Actually, that's not going to work, is it? Ruth Hullett. Jesus. It's a lot older than that. I have played in uh, Liga Calcio, uh, La Liga, the FA Carling Premiership, and French Division 1. Can you repeat those? Liga Cal- Calcio, Calcio, Calcio. Uh, and uh, La Liga, the FA Carling Premiership, which is a little bit of a clue there, isn't it? Uh, and the French Division 1. Stop. Guys, Commendietta. Incorrect. Nah. It's going to be in one day. Stop. <laughs> Thierry Henry. Incorrect. I'm a two-time Champions League winner. Stop. Steve McManaman. Incorrect. Stop. Uh, Manuel Petit. No, he didn't win it. Incorrect. I've played on both. I've played on both sides of the uh, Derby della Madonina, or Madonina. Mm-hmm. Which one's that? It's, uh, Inter Juventus, isn't it? No, that's the Derby dell'Italia. Italia. Oh yeah. Oh, well, how do you say, say it again, Peter? Sorry. The Derby della. Imagine Madonna, but with Ina at the end. <laughs> Madonna. That's the, that's the Milan derby, isn't it? It's the Milan derby. I'm reading out the clues. He doesn't know. I'm not know. giving you any more. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Milan derby. You're right. right. That one. That one's derby to Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. Clarence Seidorf? No, he won it three times. He's actually won it yeah, more than that, isn't he, Seidorf? Incorrect. I followed manager Fabio Capello to three football teams. Ooh. Stop. Edgar Davids. Incorrect. Uh. I am the highest scoring defender in Roma history. Rome? Roma history. Hmm. Stop. Cicino. Incorrect. Stop. Cafu. Incorrect. He's not playing the Premiership. Of course he hasn't. No. After, he retirement, after retirement, I became a pundit for Sky Italia and a participant on the Italian edition of Dancing with the Stars. Stop. Douglas Mikon. Incorrect. Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Mike on Douglas. Uh, Mike on Douglas, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Douglas. Uh, leaving the 1996 uh, Olympics, I was originally booked on TWA flight 800, but a baggage mix up caused me to take a different flight. Later that day, that flight exploded. Stop. Killing 230 passengers. Stop. Stop. Taribo West. Incorrect. Stop. Is it Junior Bayana? Incorrect. Oh. The team I currently manage finished third behind oh. Spain and Italy in round one of the World Cup 2018 Stop. qualifiers. Roque Santa Cruz. Incorrect. Ah, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> it finished behind... Hang on. Stop. Roque Sanchez? Incorrect. I'm not listening to any of the clues. I'm just saying... No. Just saying My nickname... Stop. No, go on. How does that work? Because you didn't have yeah, a guess that you, Yeah, you've got a guess. Yeah, you, you said stop. You've got a guess. You can't tell you any more of the clues. No, I can say... No, you can't tell you any more of the clues. You've got a guess. Kaladze. Incorrect. Yeah, I didn't think it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said get on with it. Carry on, Peter. My nickname is... It's the last clue. My nickname... So, Mark is out the game. My no, nickname... That's, no, I'm not. Yeah, because you've had a guess on the clue. You didn't listen to the clue. You can't have another guess on the clue. That's why I said carry on, and then you said, no, you've got a guess. You can't stop it. And that's I'd only started the next clue, Mark. Carry on, Pete. You're in charge of this, Sorry, Marcus. Paul. My nickname is El Grinta. I don't know anyway. Oh my god, have you all struck out? Yeah. Wow. This is rare, isn't it? I'm not it? allowed another no, Marcus, all right, what would no, no, you no. said? What would you have said then, Marcus? Barry Grintles. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Grintles. <laughs> it's not Barry Glintles, Marcus. <laughs> it's Christian Panucci! Oh, of course. Play for Chelsea. Uh, Damn, son. Damn. Oh no. Damn. 
It's not always annoying because I, it might have even been myself. Somebody mentions like a Brazilian, and you all yeah, suddenly yeah, go, you, "Oh, yeah. it's a Brazilian!" They were all far away. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, John Cray, for all uh, those fantastic clues. You really stitched these guys up like you broken Jim's broken, broken Jim's run. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. There so, we are. Yeah, that's what Does we that mean you have one now, Pete? Have you got? Uh, a, a, well, John Cray has. <laughs> yeah, John Cray's on the board. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Very good. Well done, everyone. Very good. Disappointing from us, but there we are. What do you bloody well expect, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, that's the end of the football ramble. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Say goodbye, Luke. Barry Grintle. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye, Jimmy. Good Barry. <laughs> Say goodbye, Pete. More Barrys. And it's goodbye from me. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.